Hallelujah. I'll tell you, folks, in the days ahead, we cannot be complacent. We cannot be spiritually lazy. We need to keep our nose in the book. We need to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, stay full of the Spirit of God. This is a year of opportunity, but it's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Amen? You know, the, the Father spoke to Moses, his prophet, and say, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Go forward. Everyone say, Go forward. We've got to go forward this year. Amen? Praise God. We're going to uh, continue our series on Gilgal and the church today. I said uh, back in, uh, oh, what was it, November, God spoke to my heart a word, and it was Gilgal, and it was G-I-L-G-A-L. I knew it was in the Bible. I knew it was a location. So I studied it out. And I began to see the prophetic parallels of Gilgal and the church today. Amen? Israel's Gilgal experience required tested leadership. That's what today is all about is leadership. The church today requires tested leaders who have proven themselves as servant followers. Humble, submissive to authority, obedient teachable, willing to forsake all personal ambition and be wholehearted in their devotion to God. So the purpose of Gilgal and the series that we're going to be on for a while is this, to discover the significance of Israel's Gilgal experience and the lessons they learned and apply them to our life. The themes that are associated with Israel's Gilgal experience are the importance of strong leadership. Say strong leadership. Deliverance, personal responsibility, authority, obedience, covenant, consecration, transition, healing and rest, a unified army, and then courage and conquest. Now, we're going to look at Joshua today, and we're going to look at some of his leadership characteristics. And these characteristics can apply to our lives. Say, I'm a leader. See, you might not look at yourself as a leader they're all different levels of leadership. But we're all called to be leaders in the body of Christ in some form or fashion. Amen? So we're going to look at four or five of these. We'll go through these quickly. And these are important. And then I want you to... to did you get a handout today? You can take that home and the scriptures are there. And, and if you want to write notes, you can write notes on the back. But we're going to look at... These today in, in Joshua. Find uh, Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. The first one is this. Concerning Joshua. He listened to and obeyed authority. Say that with me. He listened to and obeyed authority. If you look up obedience in the Hebrew, that Hebrew word implies, number one, listening. Listening skills. My wife says I have poor listening skills. I don't hear what she tells me to do. Selective hearing. Is that what you try tell Jerry? Yeah, uh-huh. Man, have you ever been, you know, called on the carpet for not hearing and obeying? Joshua, listen and obeyed authority. Now listen to these statements. 
In order to lead others, you must know how to be led by God. Don't let that go over your head. In order to lead others, you must know how to be led by God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So if you're going to be an effective leader in the days ahead, you've got to know how to be led by God. You've got to be willing to be led by God. If you're not willing to be led by God, then you're not going to be an effective leader. It's that simple. Here's another one. The Lord places leaders in positions of authority who have proven themselves by listening to and obeying authority. So if you want a position of authority, be careful for what you ask for. There's a lot of young people going to Rama right now. They want to be the next great evangelist, pastor, teacher, prophet, apostle. But they've got a school of hard knocks they're going to have to go through before they get there. The Lord places leaders in positions of authority who have proven themselves by listening to and obeying authority. Let's look at Joshua. Here's our example. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. So who gave the order? Moses. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua, so Joshua, so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the, of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek, the enemy, prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands. One on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. There's the perfect example of helps ministry. You are called to help hold our hands as leaders. Because there are times we get weary. It goes on, it says, So Joshua... It says, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady till the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So was that obedience on Joshua's part? And what was wrought as a, as, as a result of, of Joshua's obedience? They had a great victory, did they not? Amen. Now, look at Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. And verse 13, this is where Joshua has a run-in or meeting with his commander-in-chief. And this was a supernatural vision. This is something that, that was you know, remarkable. This, this preceded the, the, the taking of Jericho, okay, right before that. And as I talk about authority, we need to learn how to listen to and obey God. Amen? And then we need to learn to listen to and obey lower levels of authority. How many have ever been in the military? Did you ever have somebody tell you what to do? You were in Desert Storm, weren't you? Every day. But did you argue with them? Did you say, I'm sorry, Sergeant. 
I'm not going out today because I don't feel good. No. You just did it. We could have learned a lot from that, couldn't we? We sure could. And that's why the body of Christ was sleeping on the pillow as I gave that, you know, uh, Nate's prophetic utterance there. But we've woke up. And in the days ahead, we've got to work together as a team. We've got to understand authority. Amen. Listen to and obey authority just as Joshua did. So here we have his meeting with the Lord of hosts. And it says, it came to pass, verse 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man, capital M, stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I've now come. See, that was Jesus. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth. Do you think that was a wise thing to do? Does does Jesus represent the ultimate authority? Well, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua, and Joshua, and Joshua did. Are you getting the picture? Those who God wants to raise up and places in authority, they have to learn how to submit and how to obey. Amen? So this was a supernatural encounter. And I want you to see something. Joshua was favored with this vision after an act of obedience. Joshua was given this supernatural vision After an act of obedience. Now, I'm going to teach on this in the days ahead. But what did Joshua do? He circumcised that next generation that had never been circumcised. In other words, they renewed the covenant. So he was obedient. See, if you want to experience the blessings of God and have supernatural experiences with God, if you can't obey the first thing he tells you to do, don't expect anything from him. If you're not obedient as a son and daughter of the Most High God, you're going to, you know, not be blessed. It's that simple. We're all in stages. I don't care how old you are. We all have to learn how to be more obedient. Amen? That's the truth. Look at Joshua chapter 11. I'm spending more time on this first one. We'll go through the other ones fairly quickly. Because this is, this is so important. Joshua chapter 11. Oh, verse 12. This, this is where um, basically his northern conquest and the, the success of his northern conquest. And uh, I'm going to start with verse 12. It says, so all the cities of those kings... And all their kings, Joshua took, now this is, I'm at the end of the story, for time's sake. Joshua took and struck with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed them. He what? Utterly destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had. It doesn't say that God had commanded him. 
It said Moses had commanded him years, years earlier. But as for the cities that stood on their mounds, Israel burned, none of them except Hazor only, which Joshua burned. And all the spoil of these cities and the livestock the children of Israel took as booty for themselves. But they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. And they left none breathing. I'd say that's obedience. <laughs> now listen. As the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua. So Joshua, have we already said that? So Joshua, so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, is that obedience? It certainly is. But the body of Christ has not been that way. The body of Christ has wanted to go its own way. And in the days ahead, we've got to be so careful that we follow our commander-in-chief, our Lord and Savior Jesus, and do everything that he's called us to do. Would you agree with that? Now listen to this statement. This is so important. I'd write this down if I were you. So I'm going to find out how obedient you are. I'd write this down. Show me your pens. Good. Partial obedience is not obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. Remember Saul and Samuel? Samuel gave him specific instructions. Saul disobeyed those instructions. He thought he was doing it the right way. He left a few things out. He didn't do it. And as a result, he lost his kingdom. Partial obedience is not obedience. Your obedience will advance God's agenda. How many want to do that? Advance God's agenda, God's kingdom this year. Your obedience will advance God's agenda in 2023, your dis- disobedience will advance Satan's agenda in 2023. So whose agenda do you want to advance? God's. God's agenda, not Satan's. So if you and I are obedient, if we're obedient individually, our families are obedient, this church is obedient in doing what God's called us to do. We're going to advance the kingdom of God. Number two, look at Exodus 33. Exodus chapter 33. Verse 7. What was the first characteristic? See, you would know it because it's, it's right there on your notes. Listen, obey. Thank you. The next one is lingered. Say lingered. What's lingered mean? Hang around. Joshua lingered in God's presence. Say Joshua lingered in God's presence. Exodus 33, verse 7. So Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And the tabernacle basically represented the presence of God. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. 
So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he'd gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, you know, if I, I tell you what, I'd be watching my leader as they watched Moses, especially if he'd raised his staff and parted the Red Sea. I'd say, I could follow him. Well, they were looking. And it says that it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle and the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle that the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. What a sight that must have been. And all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Now listen. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. I like that. His servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. Are you young today? Let me see your hands if you're young, even in spirit. His servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the door of the tabernacle. See, that's where God's presence was. And God's presence was everything to Moses. Look at this. Look down at 15. This is where Moses is having a dialogue with his creator. And he said, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Then he said to him, or Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. So was the presence of God, the glory of God, important to Moses? Yes. He'd seen it face to face. He knew what it was like. And I think Joshua had a, got a taste for it. And he, he stayed behind. See, the glory of God in the days ahead is going to manifest. Stronger and stronger. But it's going to take a people that are hungry for God's glory. You can go to church and you go through your religious routine. That is not going to manifest God's glory. Only a hungry spirit, only hungry people that are pulling on God will experience the glory of God and the presence of God. You can sit there on Sunday morning like a bump on the log and not receive anything. I have chosen i've made a decision this year i am not called to pastor bumps amen say look at your neighbor and say you might be a bump but i'm not god's presence was everything to moses So Joshua was well-trained. He was well-schooled. Number three, he was a loyal servant. And we've talked about faithfulness. Look at Exodus 24. This is a good example. And you wonder why Joshua was the next leader. Because he, number one, listened to and obeyed. Number two, He lingered in God's presence. Number three, he was a loyal servant. Exodus 24, verse 9, it says, Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, 
and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand, so they saw God, and they ate and drank. And then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain. So evidently, Moses was called higher. These leaderships, they were called higher, but now Moses is even called even higher on the mountain to be there, and I'll give you the tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I've written that you may teach them. Now look at verse 13. So Moses arose with his assistant. What's your, what's your Bible say? Mine says New King James is assistant. Minister. One would even say attendant. I like that attendant. Say attendant. So Moses arose with his assistant, his attendant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. Assistant, minister, attendant. He was a loyal servant. This word attendant means to wait upon. To serve is the sign of the servant of the Lord. To serve is the sign of the servant of the Lord. I got to put my hat on today. Now, some of you don't even have a clue. Ron will. Dennis will. Some of the older ones. Because you don't have this anymore, do you? How many remember this hat? How many ever remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You wouldn't believe what this hat cost me. This came out of Tilden. Remember that nice little gas station there? Yeah. There was a song about the Texaco man, wasn't there? Remember that song? But see, we're all called to be attendants in God's service station. And when that attendant would come out to work on your car, it fits better now that I don't have any hair, how was he? How did he come out usually? Ah, it's Haggard again. No, how did they come out? At least on TV, pretend, folks. How would they come out? Smiling. How can I help you today? Can I check your oil? Do you want me to fill the gas tank? How? Let me just wash your windows. It won't cost you anything. Back then, they did a lot. They don't do anything anymore. You've got to go in and prepay before you even put gas in the tank. Things have changed, folks. But not with God. We're all attendants in God's filling station. And if he says jump, we better say, how high, Father? If he says do this, We say, yes, sir, I'm at it right now. That should be our attitude. But is it? If it isn't in your life, then change it. Adjust your attitude. Become more willing and obedient. Become more faithful in serving God. You're awful quiet. The idea also in the word loyal is the idea of sacrifice that's connected with that office of being an attendant. I want you to jump down. Look at verse 18 of 24. 
So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days. Is that a long time? Okay, here's my question for you. Where was Joshua? Where was Joshua? Waiting where? For how long? Forty days and forty nights he came down with Moses. I hear there's something going on in the camp, remember? It's the sound of war, Joshua thought. He was already ready to go to war because he was a military leader. Moses said, no, that's the sound of partying. He was there with Moses. He stayed with his leader. Do you know how many leaders or people I've had that could be great leaders that aren't here anymore? Because they couldn't stick with their leadership at Harvest Church. Now it's really getting quiet. Because the grass is greener on the other side. Or I've been offended by the worship leader. I didn't like the way that nursery worker dealt with my baby. My baby. Listen, you stick and stay, it'll pay. But if you can't stick, and you can't stay, and let me say this. I'm proud to pastor you because you've stuck and you stayed. And sometimes you've stuck and you stayed and you didn't understand why you should stick and stay. But you said, by faith, I'm going to stick and stay. That preacher's awful loud. He gets in my face sometimes and says things I don't want to hear. His wife's all right. I trust her, the quiet German. I'm glad you stuck and stay. Because if, if you'll get in and you'll get hooked up, even though you don't understand, why do I got to work here? Why got I clean the toilet? Why got to work in the nursery? Da, 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 da. I'd rather do this. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nip it in the bud right now. And maybe this will help some of you leave. I don't know. But you're not here for to develop your ministry. Sandy Belts worked back there for years in children's church. That's why you've seen miracle after miracle. Yeah, I know you're you're older now. But you're still alive. You're still breathing. Because you were faithful. You served in children's church. And, and Kathy and I have talked, you didn't need us to take you by the hand and say you need to do this, this, and this. You sought God and the Spirit of God and heard from God what to do. You didn't have to follow a book or an agenda. You heard from headquarters how to teach those children. I just lost a couple children's workers now. It's the truth. It's the truth. See, every pastor longs for the day that he doesn't have to take you by the hand, sit you down, and go through A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Do this, and I'll check up on you in a day. His dream, his heart's desire is to see a people that can seek God on their own during the week and learn how to hear from God themselves. 
Amen. I got to shorten it up now. Look at Joshua. Let's let's just look at Joshua um, 1. Joshua 1. So help me, folks, because I forgot. What was the first characteristic of Joshua? They all start with an L. That should help you. He listened to and obeyed authority. Number two, he lingered in God's presence. He was a loyal servant. And fourth one, he loved. Say loved. He loved God's law. And here Joshua is given a commission by God. And he tells them in verse 7 in chapter 1, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Now listen. Did answer, no, I'm going to have you answer a question. Real simple, yes or no. Was Joshua successful as a leader? Why? He was obedient to the, to the what? The law. Obedient to the law. Just what the Father told him. Amen? Psalm 119, 165, great peace have they who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Last one. Look at Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Okay, I forgot again. Number one, listen, this, this teacher's in the classroom. Go through it over and over and over. In fact, she shortened, she's told me to shorten up my... Um, Reviews or whatever. She, I wanted to... I was offended. I really wasn't. The last one. Joshua chapter 24. He left a legacy of faith. He left. Say left. A legacy of faith. What's a legacy? Somebody, Ron, I'll call on you because you're intelligent. What's legacy? But you're still intelligent because I draw blanks every day, Ron. It's something left down from a previous generation. Like an inheritance, okay? Joshua left a legacy of faith. Say legacy of faith, not of doubt and unbelief. Remember the other ten? What they leave? What are they remembered as? Doubt, unbelief, disobedience. But what about Joshua and Caleb? Faith. They trusted in God's word. They believed God's word. Joshua 24, verse 14, and we sang it. That's why I had him sing it again. Now, I love the song he wrote. It says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. He's, 
giving a wrap-up to the nation of Israel before he dies, Joshua. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now listen, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did Joshua serve the Lord? Yes, he did. Joshua, verse 29 of 24, this is how he was referred to. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord. Not the military leader. Amen. But the servant of the Lord. How was Moses? The same thing. Moses was called the servant of the Lord. What a legacy. It's interesting in, in the New Testament, Jesus said this. He said, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. You have aspirations of a great ministry. Well, I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to be an apostle. I want to be a pastor. I'm going to be an evangelist, a teacher. Mighty miracles in my life. Okay. Then how about starting your ministry cleaning toilets? I, I've, you've heard me say this. I had the extreme privilege to clean Oral Roberts' personal toilet. You can laugh. I don't care. That's, it's funny. Because that's how I met him. Coming out of his personal toilet, I knocked into, uh, into him and almost knocked him on the ground. That's how I met the great man Oral Roberts. I was cleaning his toilet. If you can't start your ministry cleaning toilets... You've got that heart. I know that. How you started. Humble beginnings. No different than me. Just serving. Because you love people. God can use people like that. What's it say on that board out in the foyer? What's our vision statement? Where people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Isn't that simple? So if you come to Harvest Church and make this your church, you're going to learn how to be a servant and you're going to learn how to share the gospel. It's that simple. The book of Joshua concludes with the burial of three great men. Joshua, Joseph, and Eleazar, the priest. Now, for 200 years, they carried Joseph's bones around. Can you imagine that? <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant, they were carrying his bones from Egypt because he, he made them promise, you're going to bury me in the promised land. And what I didn't know this, but it's interesting. Both Joshua and Joseph died at the age of 110 years old. Now, I haven't studied out the significance of 110. I think the Egyptians gave an honor to somebody that lived to be 110. But I'm sure there's much more there to think about. But what a legacy of faith. And it's also, this isn't, thus saith the Lord, or in the Bible specifically, but if you look back in 
in the Jewish history, they say that that the nation did not mourn enough for Joshua when he died. And as a result, there was an earthquake at his burial site. Amen? So listen, if you're not crying over me, there will be an earthquake under your feet. The earth shall move under your feet. <laughs> Lighten up, folks. Let's stand up this morning. Oh, dear. I forgot. What was the first characteristic? What? He listened and obeyed. He lingered in God's presence. Loyal servant. Loved the law. Left a great legacy of faith. Father, I thank you today for everyone in this room that's called to be a part of the body of Christ to do great things in these last days. Lord, every one of us in this room has areas in our life, in our heart, where we've been disobedient. Holy Spirit, quicken to us those areas that we need to change in our life so we can learn to be obedient and bring pleasure to you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for the word that I've spoken today to be planted in the hearts of your people. And that seed, that word, will bear fruit in their individual lives, in their families, and in this church corporately. For you are raising up a people, Lord God, that are prepared for the days ahead to do great exploits for you. Because, Lord God, they're willing and obedient. They love you. They love your word. They're loyal servants. And they have a desire to stay in your presence daily. So, Lord, I call these people today blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially. Now, put your hands down. Let me see every hand today that would say, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Okay. Amen. Amen. What else, Mother? I, I want to make sure I listened. Now you know where Caleb gets it. I'm trying, Mike. Micah hasn't been totally corrupted yet. He's getting close, though. And it's just me and the dog. But the dog's rebellious, too, so... Okay, what are we going to do now? Do you have instructions for our moving over to the other side? Okay, it's 11.13. The pizza's going to be delivered in 15 minutes. And you're more than welcome to stay. We're going to speak to you and about to what's coming this year and raising up. Yeah, if, you can, if you've signed up. Thank you, dear. I would have to multiply the pizza. What's that? It's Thank you. See, now there's a good man right there. So move over there. If we need to set up tables, some of you guys can do that. And then we'll give you instructions from there. Amen? Thank you, folks. See you in a, two minutes. <laughs>